everybody. Welcome to today's episode where I am going to just uh, just start off right off the bat by apologizing. I may go off on a rant for the next 15 minutes and I just want to apologize ahead of time if I do. There may be a lot of my crazy that's going to be exposed in this episode. And once again, I do apologize. I try to keep this amount of my crazy like bottled up and uh, with a tight lid on it. I don't let this amount of it out, but I shared an article today on my Facebook page about uh, the the power of timed eating, and there were a couple sentences that I read in that article that really just sent me through the roof. And I said, okay, I have to come on here <laughs> and I have to talk about, I have to address something. And I, I feel very, very strongly and passionately about this. Uh, and so I apologize that there may, I may, there may be a, a rant this entire episode may just be me yelling about things. And if that is the case, I apologize ahead of time. But just in case this is your first time, I hope this won't be your first time hearing me. But just in case it is, hi, I'm Lene Urban. (laughs) I'm a very nice person. I'm normally not very crazy. I'm a nutrition and lifestyle coach. And my mission is really to help women lose weight through rest. My, my mission is to help women figure out the lifestyle factors that are contributing to their weight gain, contributing to their inability to achieve their weight loss goals, and uh, just change those lifestyle factors, help them figure out how to uh, change those lifestyle factors, how to maneuver them gently so that they can take a gentle approach, a gentle approach to weight loss that will lead to results that will actually last One of the stats that I throw out there all the time and that I will continue to throw out there is that 95% of people who lose weight gain it back within two years. 66% of those people end up heavier than they were before they started losing weight. And so weight loss in itself is not challenging. It's not difficult. Uh, It's not hard. There are millions of ways to lose weight. Can we keep it off? 95% of people can't. Uh, within two years, 95% of people gain back most, a lot, most, if not all of the weight that they lost. So this is going to lead very shortly into my rant. Um, but my mission, my goal is as someone who experienced that weight loss and regain for eight years in a row, off and on in between my babies, who tried everything, every diet, every workout program, and nothing i was i was not able to stick to or sustain any results for more than the longest i went was 30 days before i stopped and gained back all my weight so <laughs> for someone who couldn't sustain any results for more than 30 days I was able to find a system, to find a strategy that not only allowed me to lose about 12% of my body fat a, a little over 30 pounds to drop from about a size 10 to a size three. And just a quick FYI, I'm wearing a size two pants right now. They're a little snug, but I can get them on. <laughs> but I, I, I achieved that. I achieved that four years ago. And I've been able, I'm going on my fifth year being able to sustain those results. And so what I've learned over these past four, almost five years is directly what's leading into this rant that uh, I am compelled to go into today. 
And that is that there is no perfect science when it comes to weight loss, period. Weight loss is not a science. It's just not. It's an art. Science, and I want to say this because I'm going to say some really like disrespectful things perhaps about uh, the medical science community when it comes to weight loss, but science can definitely uh, give us some answers and bring some clarity and understanding to, to things that we just don't seem to understand about our bodies. Science can definitely provide some, uh, medical science can provide some, some knowledge, some education, but medical science cannot provide the answers. Medical science cannot save us from obesity. Medical science cannot save us from uh, disease, diseases that are directly related and connected to our weight, connected to our diet, connected to our health, to, connected to our lifestyle. Medical science can't save us. Um, and God, please help me. I'm, I'm going to try not to just, there's a lot of crazy that I have inside of me that, like I said, I keep, I normally keep a nice tight lid on it. Many people that know me and interact with me, they know that, you know, I'm a, that I'm, I'm a nice, really loving person, usually just really chill and really calm. There's a lot of crazy inside of me and I'm going to try, God, please help me try not to let it all out today. Um, you will also notice that I, uh, am also, I'm a bit of a conspiracy. I'm a lot of a conspiracy theorist. I believe that everything, <laughs> I believe that you can trace everything down to a conspiracy somewhere. So, and so that's, that's a lot of what's going to come out, but I want to start with where we, where we're at right now in, in terms of, us depending and relying on medicine and science to provide uh, so, some answers, to provide the the answers and the strategies for us to be able to, to lose weight, to achieve our weight loss goals and to sustain that weight loss. So I, I think this, everything started, as far as I understand, everything started back when President Roosevelt had a heart attack. I don't know if anybody like like knows and remembers this, but when president Franklin D Roosevelt had a, a, a heart attack, um, and I believe that that was back in, I, I forget what year it was. Um, was it president Roosevelt or it was, I think it was one of the presidents who had a heart attack and that president's heart, it was a mild heart attack. So, uh, he didn't die from it. It was a mild heart attack, but that heart attack, uh, just sent the the government was like we need to figure out why it is we need to figure out the source of, of heart attacks we need to figure out uh, why these diseases exist we need to figure out why as a country we're all getting bigger why obesity is on the rise where these diseases are coming from and so the government commissioned uh, the world's best and greatest minds, the world's best and greatest scientists to go and find that answer. And the answer that came back as a result of that search was uh, from a study by a doctor. I'm sorry, I don't know his, I can't remember his name right now. But what he did was he went to other countries, he, he went to about 10 other countries and he looked at their diet 
And he noticed that the countries with the lowest rates of heart disease didn't, they didn't, their diets weren't rich in fat. Their diet, they didn't eat a lot of fat. And so what that scientist, what that doctor concluded was that we as a country, uh, our heart disease and our weight issues are related to our, are related to our fat intake. And so if you remember then like the whole entire craze of low fat, everything, that's where that started. It started and it began from that doctor, from that scientist that came back with these studies. Now, that was the craze that, that just kind of started it all. And that led to a, a bunch of other studies and research on uh, looking to science, looking to modern medicine to find the answers for us as to why it is that we are obese. Uh, find answers that will cure obesity, that will cure weight loss issues, that will uh, allow us to, to, to find the perfect... The, the perfect strategies, the perfect roadmaps to, uh, for us to be able to lose weight and to keep it off. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for jumping in. So that's, that's what started it. That that's what started it. And ever since then, the reliance on the medical science community has been to solve our weight loss issues. We have been relying on scientists and doctors and medical professionals to figure out the, the magic pill formula strategy that will cure, that will be the cure all and end all for all, uh, weight loss or weight issues and, and diseases related to weight. So here's the problem. The problem is what if the scientific community and the way that the scientific community goes about um, uh, doing their uh, doing their studies to either prove a hypothesis? What if that system is flawed in terms of the ability to be able to find a strategy for all of us to be able to to follow in order to lose weight? What if the entire system and the way that scientists go about being able to prove specific results or find correlations, what if that entire system is, uh, is flawed in terms of what you and I specifically have to do in order to lose and sustain weight? What if the scientific community cannot help us? It's... It's really interesting to me how I was reading this article that I shared, and you guys can take a look. I was reading this article that I shared about a, a, a study that scientists did on mice that showed how th th like the specific timing of when you eat your meals can have a, a, a huge impact on your weight. And the conclusion was almost like, it's not really about what you eat. It's, it's about the timing. It's about when you actually eat. And there was one sentence that I read <laughs> that sent me on this rant that I'm on right now. The one sentence was, but you know, studies haven't shown, but studies haven't shown that this is actually, this study wasn't done on humans. 
it was only done on mice and mice, you know, there, these are the differences between mice and humans. So we cannot, based on the study, we cannot conclude that the, that timing, that your timing and, and, the, and the timing that you eat your foods, we can't conclude there's no certain, there's no guarantee that this will actually work for humans. And so I know myself as, as well as most of us, because we place so much emphasis as a society, as a, you know, as a, as a, as a country, we place a lot of emphasis on experts. We place, a, we give a lot of respect, a lot of attention, and we take as law and as Bible, the word uh, of those that have a lot of degrees and letters behind their name. And so I can totally see someone reading this article and reading the fact that just because this particular study wasn't done on humans and there are some doctors, there are some scientists who then conclude that this might not actually work for us. There are some, there are some of us that will read that and we'll say to ourselves, well, if the, if the scientists are, are, can't prove that it might work for us, then there's no point in even trying. I don't know how many times, I don't know how many times I've heard when I, when I'm working with women or when I'm talking to people, when I, I, I mentioned, I suggest, why don't you do this? Like, why don't you give this a try? I don't want, I don't know how many times I've heard. Well, I read that this is actually, I read that this will actually uh, throw your body into starvation mode and you shouldn't do this. Or I've read that if you consume this, then it'll, it'll block you up and it'll give you digestive issues. Or, uh, I was talking to a friend and she told me that she tried this and it actually caused her to gain weight. So I'm not going to try it. I mentioned, okay, Lene, calm down. <laughs> I mentioned in a, a few live videos ago, I mentioned that if you and I don't even share the same fingerprints. If there is no person that has, that has existed in the history of the human race for however long the human race has been in existence, if no person in the history of the human race has ever shared a fingerprint, why on earth should we then conclude that just because something does not work for, for you, that it's not going to work for me? Why on earth would we look at a study done by a scientist or a doctor, a study done on maybe a hundred thousand people across the country and their results showed that the evidence showed that these particular strategies didn't really have a significant impact on their weight or their blood pressure. Why would we look at that study and say, well, if it didn't work for these 100,000 people, I'm not even going to attempt it for myself because based on the study, it will probably not work for me. Why would we, why would we do that? Like this, the lack of education, the lack of understanding that is, it's not our fault. Us, you and I like lay people, we're just sitting here like absorbing information, especially now in our, our technological age where we have at literally at our fingertips access to anything there's if there's <laughs> if you wanted to know how fast an ant can go 500 feet you can google it at 3:37 in the morning and find the answer we are living in an unprecedented time 
of information. We can figure out anything there is that we want to know. And so because we have so much knowledge and so much information at our fingertips, I love what Dr. Caroline Leaf said. She said that we have so much information that we don't even know how to think anymore because we're constantly being bombarded with all of these studies and research says and studies show and doctors claim and scientists suggest and neuroscience says this and research shows this. There's so much coming at us that we don't know how to sift through all of that information and say, okay, based on what I know about myself, based on what I know about the way that my body works, based on what I know about my history with food, my history with exercise, my family history with food and exercise, my family history of disease, based on what I know about that, I can now filter through all of this information that's being thrown at me and chew the meat and spit out the bones. We don't know how to, we don't know how to do that. We, we don't, and we don't even know where to begin. And we are relying on an industry, a fitness industry, that in the United States alone, I'm not even talking about across the world, in the United States alone, the fitness industry is a $26 billion industry. And we are relying on those people to try to help us sift through all of this information and figure out what actually works for us and what doesn't. And all I'm trying to say, all this entire rant is about is the fact that no one, none of these people, not even me, none of these people can tell us what we need to do to lose weight and sustain that weight loss for the rest of our lives. No one. There's no one that can give us that information. They can lead us to, and like I said, all respect, you know, no disrespect at all to weight loss professionals, to personal trainers, to scientists, to doctors, to people who are devoting their lives and their resources to learning as much information as they can. I don't want this to sound like I'm disrespecting or belittling or diminishing, uh, you know, their, what, what they do. I'm not, I'm not doing that at all. What I'm saying is that what I have learned about weight loss based on a combination of my own personal experience, I took my personal experience. I took the, um, conversations and experiences of others that I've had close communion with, and I've taken the most recent scientific research on weight loss, on fat loss, on hormonal fat loss. I've taken all of that, I combined it into this conclusion that weight loss is not a science. Weight loss was never a science. Weight loss will never be a science. Weight loss has been and will always be an art that is subjective. It's subjective based on a whole variety of factors. And some of those factors, I would say even most of those factors are all dependent upon like how we were raised, where we were raised, the types of homes that we were raised in, how we saw our our mothers and our fathers behave with food. 
all of that change, that's all subjective from person to person, from the person that grew up in poverty to the person that grew up having everything in abundance and then everything in between. We all were raised to interact with food. So the, uh, even how we were raised, it was so different. Our emotional responses to food, our emotional triggers and the way that those things like and, and the way that we, the, those things trigger the way that we behave with food and behave with exercise, that change, that's different for everyone. It's different for everyone across the entire world. How the heck can we rely on any one person to tell us exactly what to do then? It's not possible. It's impossible is what I'm saying. How long have I been ranting? <laughs> I've been ranting for five minutes longer than I wanted to. So here's what, here's, this is the last thing I'm going to say. And then I'm going to address Amy's comment. I see Amy that you left a, a comment. Um, oh, and hi, Amy. Thanks for jumping in. Uh, I'm just going to say this one thing. Okay. What I want to do, uh, this is, uh, this is what I feel like I've been called to do. And I have been over the past couple of years, I've been refining my mission. Okay. I'm coming very, very close to my mission statement. My mission is to teach people how to learn themselves in the context of what it is they have to do in order to achieve their goals and keep them. The only way we'll ever be able to figure out what works for us is if we learn ourselves first. We have to know ourselves. There are very specific lifestyle factors that impact our weight. And four of the major lifestyle factors included in what impacts our weight are, is our, our sleep, okay, our movement, our exercise, movement and exercise are two completely different things, okay? The, our quality of sleep, how much we move, our quality of exercise, and then our nutrition. Those are the four major lifestyle factors, not to mention all the other micro lifestyle factors that have a direct impact on our weight, a direct impact on our ability to lose weight and keep it off. And there are tons out there and we don't, we have no idea what we don't even know. We don't even know the extent, the power to which those lifestyle factors, lifestyle factors that we haven't even con considered. Like every time you're stuck in traffic, did you know that that's having an impact on your weight? Every time you, you say a white lie to someone, oh, how do I look today? Oh my gosh, you look fabulous. Did you know that that little white lie is impacting your weight? Did you know that? No. These are not the things that are that we're that we know that are being taught to us. These are not the things that we're being educated on because the professionals themselves have no idea that these things even impact us. So my mission is to just bring information about all of the different lifestyle factors that are that are impacting our weight and impacting our choices, impacting our behavior, so that we can then look at all of the information, all of the resources that we have, all the choices that we have, and choose what's best for us. Maybe be able to take something that's already out there, like a weight loss program or a diet program, and then to add little tweaks here and there based on who we are, based on uh, what we know about ourselves so that we can actually achieve what we want to achieve and then not gain any of that weight back ever, forever, for the rest of our lives.
I'm done. I'm done. I apologize. Um, Amy, you said, oh my gosh, Lene, you're the best. I love your crazy. We would so be friends if we didn't live in different countries. Amy, I have a feeling too. I really wish uh, that my that my bones were thick enough to come up to Canada. I've been, I hear wonderful things about Canada. I wish my bones were thick enough to, uh, to withstand your winters. I can't do it. I can't even take the winters here in the Chicagoland area. I'm like, I'm two seconds away for, for, from moving south every winter. Um, but I'm a thank you for not rejecting the crazy that I exposed in this video. Thank you for accepting it. Like I said, I try to keep a nice tight lid on it uh, as often as possible, but every once in a while, something just sends me off. And today, uh, reading that article has sent me off. If you have any questions that you specifically want me to address, you know, I come on here live. I'm coming on here live every day for the next year. That is my goal. 365 days of Lene Urban live, uh, taking, coming live on Facebook and then translating and taking all these episodes and putting it on my podcast. If you can't join me live, every episode, almost every episode that I, I do on Facebook, I put on my podcast for those of you that just want to listen after the fact. Um, then please follow, please consider following. And then if you have a question, go to operationfixmylife.com slash question and answer so that I can address your question and comment live. I would love to be able, as I'm giving out all this new information, I'd love to be able to answer, address any questions or comments that come up. Oh, 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 Canada is lovely in the spring, Carrie. Come up in August. Okay, you got you got a deal. <laughs> if you promise me, if you promise me that Canada is nice in August, I'll be there. <laughs> All right. Thank you, ladies, for jumping in. Thanks so much for listening. And I look forward to talking to you next time.